2: So what does retirement look like?
0: Well, I mean, I said yes, but I don't Yeah, what I is the really meaning of, of it? Yeah, yeah. The two times I tried that, it lasted about-
2: Two know, months. Two days. No. Two days? <laughs> Unlike two day days. two, I was bored. <laughs> yeah.
0: I wanted to have dinner with 50 families in their homes in 50 cultures, mm. 50 countries. I was mm. like, if I can do that, I might turn out to be a halfway decent person. When you have a lot of big dreams, I was the commencement speaker at a college graduation. Sorry, this was at a high school, and the principal came up, pulled me aside, and said, "Stop telling these kids to pursue their dreams. It's irresponsible. They just need to get a job." Whoa! And I was like, "Whoa, you're their principal." Who said that? The principal.
3: All right, welcome back to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. Here are my co-host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And we got an amazing guest for you guys today, Jeff Hoffman. How's it Thank, going? Thanks oh, for having here. me today. How are you doing? No problem, man. So for those who don't know, could you give a quick intro on your story?
0: Yeah, a long time uh, tech entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a software engineer by trade, but I sucked at it, which mm-hmm. I didn't know until I hired real software engineers. Mm-hmm. I had a brief engineering job in corporate America, mm-hmm. lasted a couple of years. I hated it. I couldn't spend my life dying in a cubicle, so I
3: quit. Mm-hmm.
0: And I've been doing startups ever since. Nice. Mm-hmm. Been part of eight of them
3: uh, nice. since then. Which ones stand out to you out of those? Uh,
0: well, our biggest success, well... There's probably four things that that uh, which include out of those eight, two failed miserably, <laughs> horribly stupid ideas <laughs> uh, that I just plain failed at. But uh, our successful ones. My first startup ever uh, was I was 20-something years old, broke, unemployed, quit that engineering mm-hmm. job. Uh, didn't have a dime in the bank. Missed mm-hmm. a flight, waiting in the airport to check in. Uh, so you know when you go to the airport today and you check yourself in at a kiosk. Yeah. Uh, that was my first invention, and they're in airports all over the world now. So. Wow. Whoa, created so created those the check-in kiosks. When I was 20-something and, uh, like I said, broken, unemployed, and we managed to – it worked. Uh, uh, it not worked. I'm obviously <laughs> – Airports worked. all over the world. It worked. But then I was able <laughs> the to – story of being 20-something <laughs> and unemployed is no longer valid. Yeah. Uh, we uh, later sold the company uh, four years, and actually sold it twice. Mm sold the software company, then I sold all the technology and patents. How much you sold it for? Well, uh, we started with literally nothing. I just, with a pencil and a paper saying there's gotta be a better way to check in and drawing a kiosk. And uh, four years later, we sold it for over $100 million. Nice. Um, It ain't
3: internet money, but when you're
0: 20 something years
3: old and unemployed. (laughs) Back then, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that was, uh, we had a really nice. Wait, so how did you have to check in before those?
0: You just had to stand in line, show them your ID, right? And then they would just hit print and I stood in line for over an hour. Whoa. And our Friday afternoon and I missed a flight. And when you're broke unemployed.
2: So, those uh self check ins are new, right? We talking about four years?
0: No, no, no. And These were a long time ago. Those are all those, yeah, they were a, lot longer a that. while. Yeah, we did that but before we did Priceline even the big ones. Yeah, when did
2: airports started integrating
3: those? Like a long time ago? Yeah. Yeah, because oh. I've never had a check in in line, so oh, at least twenty okay. years. Yep.
0: Yeah. It's been a long time. That mm-hmm. was my first startup. Um okay. but yeah, we sold that company for over $100 million. So that was my first startup, which is interesting because today Mm -hmm. when they tell entrepreneurs, you got to fail first, like it's a requirement. Mm -hmm. I can't stand that. uh, You don't believe in that? No. When people tell me, I I was on stage in a big audience and they were talking about it. This is the story I told Mm because I was out in Silicon Valley and they were talking about how important it is that you got to go out there and fail. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I told this story, the famous story of the Brazilian soccer team. It's in the locker room before the world cup final. Mm. right so they're about to play for the world cup final and the captain of the brazilian team Mm. says to his team honestly guys i hope we lose tonight because it will make us better people and everyone in the audience said really i said hell no Mm. so you know said no one ever no one ever went into the locker room before the game and said let's go out there and hope we (laughs) fail because it'll make us better people you play to win every day you accept failure but I don't like these this culture now where they have failure parties to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. It's okay to laugh about it and to get over it, mm-hmm. but don't celebrate it, it mm-hmm. almost makes it sound. Seriously, I hear people tell tell these young entrepreneurs, you gotta go through some failures. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I didn't hear that mm-hmm. advice.
2: Well, Our, I, I understand the concept, but I, I don't understand the literal sense. So I understand them saying like, you know, because most businesses, as you and I both know, all of us in this room, they fail within the first, correct. you know, six months to five years. Yeah, They don't now. make it a year. Right. Okay. So I think they're basically saying, just be okay with the fact that you're going to fail, but just kind of get up. and.
1: Are you someone that doesn't have life insurance? Why leave anything up to chance in a worst case scenario? Luckily policy genius makes finding the right policy simple. And their team of licensed experts are on hand to help you through it. Life insurance gives your family a safety net that they can cover expenses with, so they don't have to worry about money while getting back on their feet. I've had friends and family members that have passed away without life insurance. It's definitely left us with financial instabilities. Even if you already have a policy, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year. For $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius knows how valuable your time is. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurance in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Policy Genius has licensed award winning agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. They don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Policy Genius is for parents, caregivers, and anyone else who has people who depend on them. They simplify the process of getting life insurance so you can protect the people you love. They got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com/dsh or click the link in the description to get a free life insurance quote and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com/dsh dust yourself off.
2: But I also agree with how you think about it, too, because it's kind of like, why are you promoting failure? Yeah, like, right. What if, right. What if what if, what if like, he, takes off? Like, you know, Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah.
0: Because, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in mindset and intent, right? Absolutely. And so if you're already making failure acceptable, you're already paving a path to fail, It's already right? like You got the fail. mindset, well, everyone expects me to fail, it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. That's bad to have that in your mindset, mm-hmm. right? accepting failure, the fact that it hurts, it sucks, everybody laughs at you, you Mm got to shake it off. That's all fine. But don't start at the beginning thinking I already know it's okay if I fail. Mm -hmm. Because I think that affects you know, that that literally affects that mindset. It affects that law of attraction. For
2: sure. It affects the mindset, but then also affects the tenacity towards the goal. Right? I think you'll give up easier if you think it's okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I don't, uh, you know, I never Ever played that way? We right. failed. We failed miserably for two of them. Yeah. So that that company was out of successful. the
2: eight. Out of the eight, you
1: you you failed two of them. Too. Failed. That's yeah. still a pretty good yeah, ratio. Yeah, that's, that's six out of eight. That were fire. That, that
0: took off. I, I think in hindsight now we kind of figured out what we did right. Yeah. Right, which is my commitment now. Yeah. I spend my time trying to. I made a commitment to share everything I learned. But by the way, wasn't smart enough to know this stuff then. Mm. It's looking back and saying what worked. So mm-hmm. after that the other ones you asked what were the notable ones, um, did a deal with Bill Gates and Microsoft back then. And we Mm -hmm. built Expedia, Mm -hmm. my team and his team travel. Uh, yeah, that was Mm -hmm. Expedia still out there, but we built that with Bill Gates. And then after that is when I was part of, we launched priceline.com,
2: which Uh, is travel,
0: right? Which is, and also booking.com. That's the same company. Okay. Uh, and those, I know the numbers are silly today, but, uh, uh, the company today, mm. it was a scratch startup, a small mm. startup with a small group of people, you know, in a small office mm. in Connecticut yeah. before there was any funding. And mm. today it's a <laughs> it's a hundred billion dollar company uh, doing Jeez. business in 190 different countries. And you're not a part uh, of any of them anymore. You no, them all I'm retired lot. from it all. Them all off. So after uh, Expedia and mm. then uh, Priceline slash booking, mm. I did another one later. Uh, called ubid.com. UBid? Uh, and Ubid uh, was the fifth largest auction site on the internet.
2: Ubid. Yeah, Ubid. You, oh, you, you make oh, a bid oh, on stuff. Okay. okay. I um, think I might have seen it, never played it. Was it was big. We
0: That one became a multi billion yeah, yeah, dollar I've company. Yeah, I've seen it before, I never played it. We also it. did an IPO. We took that one public as oh, well. Oh, wow, nice. That was the last. In between, I did some stuff in yeah. media. Launched a music company, a film, and a television company. What I took was the a music break company? from tech. Pardon?
2: What was the music company? The music
0: company, we did tours. Oh, okay. Uh, And our entertainment company, not that you'd heard of it, because Mm -hmm. everything, nothing was branded in our name. Mm -hmm. It was branded with what we were doing, the tour or the concert. Mm -hmm. But um, when we did that, we did tours and concerts. Uh, This is the pop time. Mm -hmm. This was post-internet, right after Priceline, when I took a break. Mm -hmm. We did stuff with NSYNC, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, Mm -hmm. Elton John. Wow. uh, Legends little bit of Beyonce. So I took some time off and I went on tour. (laughs) I got out of the tech business. And I was on the tour bus. And I had a blast, especially traveling with NSYNC at the time.
2: Yeah, so you're retired currently, right? Yes. So what does retirement look like for a person with this many creations and accolades? Like, how do you retire? Mm.
0: Well, I mean, I said yes, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what is the meaning of it? Yeah, yeah. What is the meaning of that? Like, I, how do you retire? Like, I made this commitment. How do you just stop the, working? The two times I tried that, it lasted about uh, two months. Two days. No. Oh. Two days. <laughs> Unlike two day, day, day two, I was bored <laughs> for real, and I was like, "Well, this ain't gonna work either." Yeah. I got to do something. But the the driving thing was, I, I was blessed beyond my wildest dreams by the decision to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the experiences we had, the money we mm. made, which was never a driver for me, but it mm. was the freedom was and the money is what bought freedom. Right. Absolutely. The ability to do what you want. But I did make a commitment and I said for all the blessings I've received from being a successful entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I need to repay that debt and I will repay that debt of entrepreneurship by committing the second half of my life, the rest mm. of my life to teaching other people how to go achieve whatever their dream is. Mm. Right. My, my original dream, by the way, when I grew up in the Arizona desert, right, and with a single mom uh, who, you know, four kids, three jobs, uh, we never had anything. Mm-hmm. And all I wanted to do was go see the world. Um, in fact, I'll just share it with you guys. We were like seventh grade or something. We had to do a book report. And the book I picked was Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. When I opened up the Mark Twain book in like seventh grade, I'm in this little desert town where no one ever leaves. And I'm not, not judging anybody. It's not my place. But... I would talk to the people I grew up with, and all of them still live in Mm. the same five square mile area. And that's okay for them. Yeah, but no one ever left and no one ever wanted to. And I had big goals and dreams. And everyone's like, no, we good. And that wasn't working for me. But my big dream was in this Mark Twain book inside the cover of the book was a quote. And it was a quote that drove a lot of my life. Mark Twain said that travel is the fatal enemy of prejudice. Mm. And I remember being like rocked by that. Mm. And I went home and I went to my mom and I said, I just read something that I know is for me. Mm. I just don't know what it means. Mm. And my mom explained it. My mom's like, it means that, here's what my mom told me, that ignorance, uh, excuse me, hate comes from ignorance. Ignorance comes from lack of understanding. And lack of understanding comes from never spending time with people that don't look like you. Hmm. And I said, I get it. And I said, now I know what I want to do. And my mom said, what? And I said, for my life to be a success, I need to one day look back at the late mm-hmm. end of my life. And if I have traveled to 50 different countries, uh, then I will finally become the man I want to be, right? Hmm. Become a person. If I go to 50 different countries and get to know people, then maybe hmm. I'll be the person I want to be one right. day. So that was the goal. But when I would tell everybody that, all my friends would say, dude, you're, you're broke and your mom's broker. Right? You just need to go get a job and forget the dream. Yeah. Now, there's no job that's going to pay you to fly around the world, mm. right? And you don't have the money to Light do attendant. it. So, well, at the time, <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking when everyone's like, there's no job that's going to pay you to fly around the world. What I was thinking is, okay, that's fine, but can't I just make that job? Mm. That's the whole point of being an entrepreneur. as mm. well everyone else is waiting to see what the future might be, why don't you just future. design it? Yeah. And yeah. I remember thinking, why don't I just create the future I mm. want? So I guess you know you should be less surprised now mm. that my companies were travel companies because <laughs> I wanted to go see the world, right, but I yeah, didn't yeah, pay sense. my bills. Yeah, so, sense. Sense. so you want to get paid for it. So literally when the kiosk company, I would get a call. The first one I ever got was KLM Royal Dutch Airline. I don't mm. even know what country that was, yeah. right? And they're like, way anyway you could come to our country, to show us these kiosks to put in our airport. Wow. And then it was on. That's and sick. so the real part of my goal, which I never told anybody because they were already laughing at me, mm-hmm. was I had this super secret plan.
3: Yeah.
0: I wanted to have dinner with 50 families in their homes in 50 cultures, mm. 50 countries. I was mm-hmm. like, if I can do that around the, across my entire life, I might turn out to be a halfway decent person. Nice. If I have literally broken bread with you in your house and your family in your country and your culture, what like, number are you on uh, 102 so Whoa. 102 countries
2: that uh and you sat down with I, 102 across africa
0: across all the muslim gee, countries everywhere wow. i could go i've gone and stayed, talked my way into wow. a family to spend the day with their family so i can understand them better Interesting. so building, did you document any of it yes but not well everybody keeps telling me why don't you, know, you write a book be, of that i would have been a netflix i have documentary. videos i have photos but it's not organized to be honest because I wasn't doing it for that reason. But then I realized all these people were like, uh, and I heard you guys earlier say something about Pakistan. Yeah. When when I went there. Well, you got to do it over. So. <laughs> and you
2: you got to document to go back. You got to do it over and document it.
0: That, that was a great example because when I went to Pakistan, I went when some magazine put, ran, ran this cover that said Iraq or Afghanistan, whatever it was, is no longer the world's most dangerous country, Pakistan is. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what they had announced then. Yeah. because of terrorism so when i went there everybody friends around the world were all texting me i was at a family's home mm. and having dinner and everyone's texting me well what's it like what's it like mm-hmm. and the point is the expectation right for some reason was so negative because mm-hmm. of the media so i you get a kick out of this i texted back mm-hmm. they said how's it going and i texted back i said i don't know everybody's just sitting around the table nervously with one hand on their gun <laughs> and my friends are like really and i said no <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm on the floor with their kids with a family that's mm. just like yours having a wonderful evening wow. so that's when people have started saying why don't you share some of these experiences right. and i have mm-hmm. the raw content i just haven't done anything with it. nice me. yeah you got to get crazy. with a,
3: a producer and make that happen yeah, that's well
0: so th- that led me to uh, deciding that I was able to achieve that dream, right? Cause that's something I wanted to do Yeah. when we, I, I love music. Right. And when I started the music company for a chance to be around creative people like you guys, right? Yeah. I like being around creators. And so I started the music company to give myself a chance to be around that and learn from creative people. Cause I was very much in a left brain business tech. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, I want to get a little more of the right brain exercise right, right. and be around creators and musicians and, I'll skip all the details, but that ended um, with me on the red carpet at the Grammys, and we won a Grammy. We produced a jazz album. Wow. uh, And so there I am standing at the Grammys. We were nominees, and then we actually won jazz album of the year at the Grammys. And all that made me say, whatever we did to get to the places we wanted to be, I need to share that with as many people as I can. What Mm -hmm. did we do right? Because we must have done something right. Mm. Despite making every mistake you can make three times, we got something right. right, right? right, right. Multiple of these companies became multi-billion dollar mm. companies and our music company won a Grammy. We have a TV company. We, last year we won our second Emmy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, whatever I have figured out, my commitment was to find a way to share it. So today, I said retired, but not really. Mm. Today we have, a. am the chairman of a nonprofit. Our nonprofits called the Global Entrepreneurship Network. Right. We made a commitment to teach anybody anywhere how to launch and grow their business. Mm. But it's not about money. It's not about business. It's about self-determination. Mm. You live in a. This is a real story. A, a kid mm. in an a- West African village sent me uh, an email one day. Really, I have a TED Talk that's out there mm. called The Power of Childlike Wonder, right? Yeah. Well, you should never stop behaving like a kid. And somebody on the in TED. In
2: what aspect?
0: Um, curiosity. Okay. Wonder about everything. Be amazed by the world. Mm. Celebrate it. Go over and Literally go explore something mm. if it catches your attention. You have to yeah. allow your creativity to roam yeah. instead of saying, I have because a job, I'm an adult now, yeah. and I got a mortgage, but and I got to stay yeah, focused. the
2: Bible says remain childlike. I just wanted to know what your definition yeah, that, 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 is. Right.
0: Yeah, I think it's with that yeah. respect, mm. uh, that awe of the world, that wonder, mm. that curiosity. Yeah. Kids don't lose that. Adults seem to think they're not supposed to do that. People tell me all the time. Jeff, when are you going to grow up? And my answer is hopefully never. If that's your definition, yeah,
2: like I'm rich,
0: uh, so <laughs> you should have you shouldn't have grown up. But people, do, people
2: I do hear that a lot, man. When yeah. are you going to grow up? Yeah. But anyway, I but well, what do they mean when they say that? Like, what, what, what's what concept are they using? Like, what and what aspect um, I, up? Um, I,
0: I wish I knew. Because <laughs> it's like, I'll tell you what I think. You don't appear to like. Like
2: I don't understand it when uh,
0: it's it's uh when you have a lot of big dreams, right? And even crazy dreams, like having dinner with 50 families mm-hmm. in 50 countries. People always tell me it's irresponsible Man, don't tell people that stuff. Tell, tell them I was the commencement speaker at a college graduation. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this was at a high school. And the principal came up, pulled me aside and said, stop telling these kids to pursue their dreams. Mm-hmm. It's irresponsible. They just need to get a job.
3: Whoa. And mm-hmm. I was like,
0: Whoa, you're there. Who principal? said that? The principal. I want to smoke. So that's what I'm talking I about. Left. They're yeah. saying it's irresponsible, right? They got to grow up and mm-hmm. be adults and they got to go get jobs.
2: Yeah.
0: No one's arguing that the point is, you don't have to get a job you hate and do it your whole life, right? You could possibly create the company you wish you work for and create the job you wish you had and make money doing the things that you love doing. And that's what I hate. I, I always tell people this man, your your, your business, your job, your career, That should be the vehicle that takes you to the life you want to live, Mm. not the obstacle that's preventing you from living it. Mm. Because people accept that, right? I I said, someday I'm gonna see the world, and they're like, you need to go get a job and stop dreaming. Mm -hmm. I said, well, maybe I'll create a job where my job is to go Mm -hmm. to a different country to install kiosks and airports, whatever it is. And and so, people accept that your job and your dreams are mutually exclusive, and Mm -hmm. I hate that people are willing to
2: accept that. Yeah, I think when they say, when, when are you gonna grow up I think it's more so them basically saying when are you gonna be like me boring yeah. and I, I, I think not they're driven. projecting I, yeah yeah, it they, is
0: they, I tell people they. that about haters yeah right yeah. when you have haters they don't take it personal because they don't hate you it's themselves They hate themselves right yeah. they want you to fail because then it makes them feel better mm, for not trying hundred percent they don't really want you to fail yeah. they don't even care about you they care about them but if you fail they can sit back and say see that's why you shouldn't try because it never works out anyway Mm, right i I have to tell people way more people want to see you fail than want to see you succeed which is sad Mm -hmm. but it's true you just can't let that stop you yeah um you it you know really does have to come from within i was telling these people the story from the music biz uh that you're always gonna have haters um and you just have to look past them but Mm. i was telling them the story that when i was telling people i was gonna start a music company Everybody tells you, Jeff, you're a softer engineer. You're a big dreamer. You always have another stupid idea. It's mm. not going to work. Mm. Why are you wasting your time? All that crap that I heard, all the negativity. Mm-hmm. And then we were doing a tour and at the time we were doing a tour with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. My phone's ringing off the hook because everybody wants tickets. Mm-hmm. And they all want, I'm t- telling this at the University of Florida. There's the mm-hmm. students in the auditorium there. And so all those people call again, and they're like, hey, can we get tickets to the show? And you're on the phone and you're like, wait a minute, let me be clear. You want tickets to the concert that will never happen, created by the company that's never going to work, mm-hmm. started by the stupid dreamer who doesn't know what he's doing? That's you want childish. those tickets? Yeah. But that's what they yeah. thats what they told me. Yeah. And they're like, wait, we never said that. And I was like, yeah, whatever.
3: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And
0: the college kids yelled out to me. They said, I hope you didn't give them tickets. And I said, I have this wall at home where I write down things I believe. Mm-hmm. And on my wall, it says, upgrade your haters to VIP. So these kids are like, I hope you didn't give them tickets. And I said, no, not only give them tickets, but I upgraded all of them to VIP. Wow. Because they have to go backstage, call their friends, say, we're backstage at Beyonce. And their friends are like, wait, how did you get backstage? And they have to say, Jeff, Jeff gave it to us. <laughs> wait, isn't that the Jeff you said was the big stupid dreamer who's mm. never going to succeed? Yeah. Let him have that. Right? So you wild. basically
2: give them the gun so they they can shoot yeah, you, shoot you, themselves you, you, in the foot. Yeah,
0: you never lower yourself to their level. Yeah. yeah. You don't say no. You can't have tickets. You say, you know what? Here, VIP on me. Mm. And that's what I was trying to teach those kids. Mm. You live your it's life. It's hard for me to you do that. You take the thing. high road. It's hard for everybody. I, I, I don't human. like
2: I don't like doubters. I don't like doubters.
0: Yeah, but the, the best revenge is success. No, absolutely, Agreed. absolutely.
2: Agreed. But I don't want to invite them to my success. So oh, I didn't right. invite them, yeah. they all called me. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, I yeah. didn't invite them. Yeah, but you accommodated them. I did yeah. accommodate
0: yeah. them, because you always have to take the high, road. The high road. You I, won, I, nah, they'll figure that out when they're standing in I your get what backstage.
2: Yeah, I get what but, you're saying. Wow. So
0: the commitment was to teach everything we knew. So when we started Global Entrepreneurship mm-hmm. Network, our goal was to teach people, it's my personal commitment for the rest of my life, mm-hmm to help as many people as I can get wherever it is they want to go. Right. What is their dream? I actually have a term for it. Um, when I was in LA, when we won the Grammy, um, afterwards I was walked off the red carpet and I was standing there and I looked down, and I know this is gonna sound silly, but I was like, I don't think my feet are actually touching the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm like on some kind of natural high, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Because how did this little kid from the desert, right, the poor kid from the desert of Arizona, now I'm all dressed up, and I'm at the Grammys, and we just won one. Yeah. So I was. What I felt at that moment was the same thing as when we were traveling the world, selling the company, doing the Priceline IPO on the, at, you know, on the stock market, whatever. There are moments you look down at your life, and that was one. And I, standing on the red carpet at the Grammys, I thought, I can't believe this is my life. And then I had a thought: every human being deserves their own red carpet moment. Mm. My definition of a red carpet moment has nothing to do with awards or money or red carpets. It's for you to have a moment where you look around and you say, I cannot believe that this is my life. Mm. So that helped me visualize my goal. My goal is to help as many people as I can get to the red carpet mm-hmm. moment. I want you to look around and nod and say, wow, I can't believe this is really my life. Because mm-hmm. you got somewhere that you, even if you didn't, I never dreamed of a Grammy, mm-hmm. but you got to the place you always dreamed of mm-hmm. getting. Yeah. So entrepreneurship, isn't a job, it's a skill set and a mindset. So we created Global Entrepreneurship Network to share the mindset and the skill set of entrepreneurship, of self-determination, so more people could get where they were going. So that's why I was telling you that story, the kid in West Africa that wrote me on the TED Mm -hmm. site. And he said, dear Mr. Hoffman, things are tough in the villages, but I got ideas, Mm. right? And he said, there's 20 families that live in huts made out of mud Mm -hmm. in our village in West Africa, and I want them all to have a home to live in, food and income. And he said, I have an idea. I just don't know where to start. And so I, at the time, I didn't tell people this. This was after my last company, after we took UBID public, when I re- when I quote, retired. Yeah. I've been a CEO since I was 24. Mm-hmm. So I left that and I said, now I'm gonna start this give back of teaching people everything I learned. Mm. Um, Cause I already, my cup is already overflowing. I'm mm-hmm. good. and so this I, I what I didn't tell people was I decided uh, to do a year of yes. I said for one year, I am going to say yes to anybody that asked me for help anywhere in the world for a year. Wow. I just didn't tell anybody that. Yeah. I won't go to work, I won't go to the office, I won't make a dime, I won't do deals, I'm just gonna help people for hmm. a year.
2: So what if they asked you for money? You would say
0: yes. Uh, people did. Um, but did that you, wasn't the focus wasn't money. It was did you people yes? asked me for help. I yeah, I gave oh, away wow. a lot of money.
3: It's like that movie. Um,
0: wow. I did give away a lot of money. But more people asked for help mm-hmm. than money. Mm-hmm. But that kid in that village, I, he was the second person. He wrote me an email off mm-hmm. through the TED website. Yeah. and it said, "Dear Mr. Hoffman, I know you won't read this, and if you do, I know you won't respond." Wow And I was like, "Oh, it's on now." Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Who's t- you, you know you don't know me like that. Right, 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 and right. so I flew to the village. it was in Senegal. And I went and met with this kid, and he was like, it took a while for him to believe I was really there. Mm-hmm. And he said something interesting. He said, Actually, I don't want you to help me. I said, Dude, I just flew 30 freaking hours. (laughs) Right? Don't tell me that. Uh, And he said, No, I don't want you to help me. He said, I want you to teach me how to help myself right, right out of the Bible, Mm -hmm. so that I never need to call you again. Um, I was like, that's what I'm here for. Teach people how to help themselves so they can achieve. He said, I want to take care of the 20 families in my village. So I'll skip the details. But about seven years later, Um, By the way, I did my year of yes stretched about almost six years. Wow. I did another year and another year Mm -hmm. because it was the best thing I've ever done in my life, way more Mm -hmm. than running businesses. Um, He has 350 employees in seven West Mm -hmm. African nations and he builds them houses with electricity and running Mm -hmm. water and they pay for it through payroll deduction. Mm -hmm. That's the ripple effect. Mm -hmm. So why would you want to teach somebody the skill set of entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. because that person will go out and change 350 families' lives. Wow. And so we are now, our nonprofit, Jen, is mm. now in, we are now in, proud to say, proud of our team. We're in 200 countries. We're on the ground in 200 countries, which is why I'm usually not in this country, mm. teaching people. Like I just came back from the little kingdom of Bahrain. Mm. Um, Where's that? It's off the, it's in the Middle East. Okay. Near Saudi and Egypt. Um, mm. But uh, I, I, we, We teach people how to start businesses. Mm. The lesson when I got to that village in Africa, Mm -hmm. I had just given a huge speech in Silicon Valley on stage and at Stanford. Mm. And then I go to this village in Africa and I'm listening to this kid and I was like, this kid's a freaking genius. Mm. And so the realization, but seeing it firsthand really changes it, Mm. that intelligence is equally spread across the human race, opportunities not, Mm. resources aren't. That kid was as smart as anybody I met in Silicon Valley the difference is they're at stanford and he's in a dirt village mm-hmm. he's just as smart as them mm-hmm. but they have resources and they have opportunity and he doesn't so we built this organization to help people in all those spots in the world that they're just as smart but they don't have any way to start i love that and we That's do it wonderful. all over the world and so my joy now is i travel to these countries and teach entrepreneurship all wow. over the world teach people how nice. to take their idea Turn it into a business, and people that already have a business, we teach them how to scale and get it to the next level. That's powerful. That's so cool. So that's what I
2: so you do now. Never retired. No, <laughs> that's a lot of work. I,
0: I have a, a yeah. one other thing. I have my own youth charity mm. called World Youth that we. uh but that's a little different focus. I like the way
2: yours is more international based. It's so a world. It's global. Yeah. It's like America's. America's cool, but you like well, the world is so much bigger than America. It is, yeah. and, and yeah. we do plenty of stuff here,
0: right, in the inner cities in the U.S. Yeah. But uh, we treat the whole world equally. We have a really simple rule: there's no race, there's no ethnicity, ethnicity, there's no genders, there's no boundaries, mm-hmm. borders, politics. We just want every human mm-hmm. being to get a chance to be be judged on their merits what do you bring to the world what's your value as a person Mm -hmm. so we work really hard to treat everybody that way and give everybody a chance that's why we're in 200 countries because we just we refuse to recognize any of those things they're real and you have to deal with them but we want to give everybody the same chance regardless of what race or ethnicity or religion we just can't see that we need to see the value of you as a human and what you can contribute, we need to give you a chance to contribute that. It's powerful. Chef. So it's it inspiring, youth, man. At <laughs> our youth charity, uh, that's a much simpler. And I just started my own because mm. every time I'd write a check to charity, yeah. where did the money go? Yeah. And I could never get a clear answer.
2: By escalating the mansion in um, Calabasas with it. That's
0: that? <laughs> <laughs> so you probably another another car. Yeah. Um, I uh, just started my own so that. Uh, all the people that are on my staff that work mm-hmm. for me at World Youth are 100% volunteer. I pay all the exp- expenses personally, so 100% of every donated dollar goes directly to children. Wow! I mean, we tell people, you want to video call the children? You want to go visit them? I've had people go. So we build, I'll give you an example. We just uh, are getting are starting to break, getting ready to break ground on another youth home in Uganda. Um, we don't use the word orphanage. It just has an ugly connotation. but. Yeah. Um, Uganda had a civil war and all the parents killed c- each other. So all the children were just left abandoned in the jungle. Mm-hmm. So we round them up and raise them. So step one is mm-hmm. they don't have a place to live. We build homes for them. And then we make sure they have food every day and medical care. And then the most important step is we pay to put them all in school. Their only chance out and up is through education. Mm-hmm. And like in Ethiopia, when we did that, there was no school. So we actually had to build the school mm-hmm. but we work with kids in chicago and detroit and south central mm-hmm. we do this all over so my youth charity works with kids that need a better life and don't have a shot at a better life if someone doesn't help them gotcha. our goal is to just try to give them a better start gotcha. and it's the focus really yeah. is education
3: Thanks. Jeff, that was so inspiring man for real it was such a good episode yeah. do you have any closing comments and where can people find out more about you um uh, jeff Hoffman.com.
0: Uh, my email is easy enough, Jeff at Jeff <laughs> People find me anyway or, or uh, speaker Jeff Hoffman on Instagram. Mm. But uh, we'd love to hear from people. Mm. People want to volunteer the, uh, uh, you know, whether it's for the entrepreneurship network or the youth charity is worldyouthhorizons.com. Uh, mm. time, treasure, talent. You don't have to have money to make a difference. You can donate your time. You can mentor people. All of it counts in changing somebody's life. Uh, I just want to say that at the end, because sometimes people say, well, someday when I get rich, I'll give back to you. That's an excuse. You don't need to have money to make a difference in someone's life. In fact, most of the children we work with need a positive role model. They need mentorship. Mm. They need your time and your love as much as they need somebody else's money. So, if people want to volunteer time or make a donation, WorldYouthHorizons.com. Thank you guys so much for having me today. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'll put that link in the bio. Wayne, you got anything? No.
2: Thank you guys for watching Digital Social Hour. Thank you, Jeff, for coming by today. See you guys next
3: time. Peace. Peace.